Welcome to the next message from Encounter Church. For more information about our church, visit us online at EncounterPGH.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the message. It is a pleasure to meet you from this distance, but uh, I'd love to meet you after the service, though, if you have a moment just to stick around, um, because I just love meeting new people. Um, But I just wanted to uh, talk briefly today. We're we're in this created series, and it's been it's been really fun just to sort of venture through um, the beginning of the Bible in Genesis, and so we're just going to continue with that series today. Um, this is part seven of our created series, but so over the past couple of weeks, um, just to fill you in a little bit, we've been talking about uh, Abraham, Isaac, and and the the role that they played in our faith. So uh, Abraham, you know. We actually got to hear the story last week about how um, he gave everything that he had to God. He literally um, was about to give up his son Isaac, uh, who, who God miraculously gave him a child. But he was able—he was—he was about to give him up on the altar to God because God told him, "Hey, sacrifice the the most important thing that I have given you," just because God wanted to know that J- that Abraham was all in. And and I love the story that um, Pastor Christina shared last week about how. Um, Abraham was about to sacrifice that amazing gift that God gave him because he knew that God would provide a way for him um, to replace that sacrifice. And, and it's a beautiful picture, I believe, of what Jesus did two th- or thousands of years later and t- for us today, 2,000 years ago, of how God gave his only son, Jesus, to actually take that, that sacrifice for us so that we can be here today, so that we can meet in a church pursuing God, experiencing his presence. So I love that story that, that Christina shared last week. And then today we're moving on to uh, actually whenever Isaac is older, he now has children. So last week we talked about when Isaac was a little boy, but now we're talking about him as a father and, and how he fathered uh, his two sons. And uh, we're going to be talking primarily about Jacob today. And uh, I just wanted to start out with with a question, uh, a little bit of a story too. But I feel like in our culture today, it's so easy to um, to try to look around us and and it's easy to compare ourselves to other people. And, and I feel like personally that I feel like as I'm looking at people's Instagram stories or or their Facebooks or their social media or people who are um, in ministry who have been on the journey a lot longer than I have, whatever it is, but I feel like for me personally, it's really easy to compare myself to people and think that I am not as good as they are, that I have not yet made it to that level or whatever it might be. And I think that today, um, if we're honest with ourselves a little bit, I think that we all tend to struggle with that just a little bit because social media has consumed our culture. Social media has consumed everything around us. So we're constantly seeing these pictures of other people um, showing you what they want you to see, you know? So, like, you see a parent with their kids and this beautiful, like, self-portrait. They got, like, their white shirt, blue jeans on, their whole family's matching. They're, like, all set up, like, smiling, and everything looks so perfect. But what you didn't see was the the previous, like, 30 minutes of that picture, trying to get all their kids lined up in a row, trying to get the right photo. Like, everyone's eyes are open at the same time. Everyone's smiling at the same time, you know? So, I think that we can all kind of relate in some ways where um, we're always seeing things that aren't necessarily exactly perfect, but they might seem that way. And we feel like, you know, how can I get to that level? How can I become perfect like that? But, but the reality is that none of us really are, if we're being honest. None of us are perfect, but we're all, we're all working on it, right? 
And I wanted to share a quick story with you today of a friend of mine who um, who we, we went snowboarding with a few years ago, uh, probably about two or three winters ago by now. And and uh, let's just say that this friend of mine, he's every every single thing that he does is just a little bit extra. Like everything he does, he's like super hyped about everything. He's always like really eager to do stuff. He's like ready to try new things, always like meeting new people and stuff. And, and he's one of my best friends. He's actually in, in our wedding whenever he got married several years ago. But um, love this dude. But he always cracks me up because everything he does is just like, wow, like super extrovert. And um, so we were going snowboarding. He had never been before in his life. So I was like, yeah, man, like I can show you the ropes a little bit. Like I'm by no means a professional snowboarder, but um, I've gone maybe a handful of times prior to that. So I was just, you know, ready to, like, show him some things, like the basics, like, make sure, like, whenever you're turning right, you want to do this. When you're turning left, do this. When you're stopping, go like this, you know. Um, don't let the front of your board dig into the snow or you're going to fall face forward and it's going to hurt real bad. Um, so we're going, uh, Mary and myself, and then um, my friend and his girlfriend at the time, we all went together to Hidden Valley, which is, like, about an hour from here. So we're up there. We're on the mountain, you know, getting all ready. We're really excited to go. And... Uh, so uh, we're going down the bunny hill a couple of times because I'm like, I'm not just going to like push him down the black diamonds right off the bat. You know, I want to give him some time. And, and he's like all eager. He's like, oh, I know what I'm doing. I've been watching YouTube videos all week about this. Like I'm as good as Sean White now because I've been watching nothing but videos of him. So he's like all excited. He's like, I got this. I know how to snowboard, even though I've never done it before. So we're going down the bunny hill. You know, he's like doing this whole thing, like real shaky. But, you know, a couple of times he's he's good to go. So He's getting better, and we're like, hey, man, you want to go down, like, one more time? And 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 what, what I didn't realize prior to this was his girlfriend had actually been snowboarding a couple times before. So she knew what she was doing. He did not so much. And that was one of those things where he was like, oh, man, I got to be, like, macho, man. Like, I need to be... I need to be like good at this. I can't let her see that I'm not good at this, that she's better than me at this. <laughs> so this this turned out for the worst. But basically he's going down the slopes. And at this time, if if you're unfamiliar, a lot of times East Coast snowboarding tends to be pretty icy because it's hard to keep the snow there. And so we're going down and three of us make it down. So we're just sitting there, you know, waiting for, for him to come down. And he's like, he falls a couple of times, but gets back up, st- keeps going. And then at one point, he just stops like this as the hills go in this direction. And and the next thing you know, the front of his board catches the ice and he just goes face down and hits his head off the snow and uh, just lay there for a minute. And I was like, ah, he's just being him, you know, like he's just being dramatic and just laying there pretending like his pride is hurt, which it probably was. But in reality, what we didn't realize is whenever he actually came down the slope all the way, he had no idea where he was, no idea who he was with. And he looks over and sees us and he was just like, oh, hey, guys, how's it going? So he comes over to us and we realize like little by little, like he just got a concussion. So we are all, and I'm laughing at this now because it happened a while ago and he's good now. So, so we're allowed to laugh at it. And I even asked him if I could laugh about it too. But, uh, (laughs) so this happens and, and, um, what I, what I noticed about this story as I look back on it is I recall, uh, how badly he wanted to be like perfect at this thing, how badly he wanted to just like immediately get good at snowboarding. He wanted to be Sean White. He wanted to be like going off jumps. He wanted to be doing backflips and misties and all those cool things that I learned from the SSX tricky games back in my day. And, but what I realized is that 
whenever we go about life this way, whenever we're trying to do things like immediately, when we try new things out and, and we expect to be perfect or, or amazing at them right off the bat or whatever it might be for you, that's not really how life goes. See, there's always a process in life. There's always things that we need to work on little by little. And if we just get ahead of ourselves and we just decide, like, I want to do this right away, I want the instant gratification now, so often we can end up in, let's just say, a hypothetical concussion where we just hit our head off, off the ground, you know, and we, we don't, like, we get up and we're like, man, what just happened? What's going on in my life? Everything's out of control. I don't understand what's going on. I don't know what I did wrong. But, but whenever we are always striving for that perfection and we're not willing to go through the process that it takes to get there, I believe that so often we can run into issues where where we just are are in too deep for ourselves and 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 as we read through this scripture of Jacob's life i believe that at the beginning of his life we see this a good bit because Jacob is given a promise and i'm going to kind of go jump ahead a little bit to show you this promise and then we'll sort of backtrack like a flashback in a movie here but see in genesis 28 uh, this is God speaking to Jacob. And God says, he, he says, May God give you and your offspring the blessing of Abraham so that you may possess the land where you live as a foreigner, the land God gave to Abraham. And he begins to promise him, like, you will be the father of many nations. A lot of the promises we've heard the past couple of weeks where, where God is speaking to Abraham, he says, you will be the father of many nations. Look at the stars in the sky, all those stars. That's how many descendants that you will have. And he says the same promise to Isaac, Abraham's son. And then, and then we get into Jacob. He says the same promise to Jacob. And we see that there's a process that must take place because this is the blessing and, the, and a promise that God has given to him. And we see how Jacob responds to this at a young age. So, um, Really the whole idea that I want you to understand today, just as we continue reading through, as we continue uh, to share things with you today, I want you to really lock into this idea here today. It's, it's that for us to don't expect perfection, but embrace the process. So don't expect that you'll be perfect, but embrace the process that you are going through, whatever God has called you to do today. So we all are on a different journey. I understand that. But, I think that it's super important for us to remember that in this process that we're always in, it's not going to be perfect. It's not going to go perfectly for you. And I can attest to that with my own life. But I know that as we take one step at a time, as we just take little steps, little by little, everyone has their own next step. And as we do that, as we take those steps that God has called us to one at a time, I believe that God will be able to do amazing things through each one of our lives. So as we're in this process don't ever get discouraged because you may have, you know, had a hiccup or, 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 or something didn't go exactly the way that you had planned. So don't expect perfection, but embrace the process. So we see in, um, in Genesis chapter 26, it's verse 1 through 6. We're going to read this here today. Jacob was given a promise here through his father Isaac. So it says this, that there was another famine in the land in addition to the one that had occurred in Abraham's time. Isaac went to Abimelech, the king of the Philistines at Gerar. The Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land that I tell you about. Stay in this land as a foreigner, and I will be with you and bless you. For I will give all these lands to you and your offspring. I will confirm the oath that I swore to your father Abraham. I will make 
Your offspring is numerous as the stars of the sky. I will give your offspring all these lands. All the nations of the earth will be blessed by your offspring. It's because Abraham listened to my voice and kept my mandate, my commands, my statutes, and my instructions. So Isaac settled in Gerar. So this is where we, we begin here. So Isaac, who is Jacob's father, he settles in this foreign land. And he's holding on to this promise that God gave to his father Abraham. And I think that um, that specific scripture where, where it says that because Abraham listened to my voice, he kept my mandate, my commands, my statutes, and my instructions. I think that this is really important to note. Because God's promises to us are there. God has promised each one of us something specific in our lives. But if we're not willing to keep God's commands, if we're not willing to listen to God's voice, like how can we expect to walk in that promise? How can we expect to walk through that journey that God has called us to do? And it makes you think of this story of uh, a father and a son who, this, this father, he was, he was relatively wealthy and uh, he promised his son he was about to graduate high school. And, and as this was happening, his son was, you know, like looking for a gift. You know how kids are like, well, I'm graduating, so you des- like I deserve stuff from you. <laughs> I don't know why why that ever happens, but basically that's that's kind of the mentality. So this father he says to him like I'm gonna promise you that once you graduate before you go to college, I'm gonna get you a car. He's like, oh man, this is great. So the day comes like he's really excited, really pumped. He goes through the ceremony, all this stuff, and uh, he graduates, and his father hands him an envelope with uh, with a card. And then he also gives him like a journal and, and tells him to read through it. And he's like really frustrated. He's like, I thought you were going to give me a car. He's like, I've been waiting for so long for you to give me this thing. I wanted it like right now. But instead he gives him this this journal and this note that tells him, you know, that he loves him and that, that he has this promise for him. And his son is just like, I'm not even going to read this. So he throws it basically just into his attic and then he just like leaves and he doesn't talk to his father because he's so angry at him and he just basically just says, I'm done with you because this promise wasn't kept. So years later, we get, go by and, and his father, you know, he's he's getting older and his time is, is running short on the earth. So whenever his uh, his son comes and he comes to his funeral, his father's passed away at this point and um, his son is like, oh man, like just sort of reminiscing and remembering the time that he had as a child with his father. And so he, he finds this journal again and he starts like reading through it, reading through it, like looking at these notes and stuff. And he finds a key drops out of, out of the journal for him. It's a key to a car. And he's like, he just looks at it and he's like, oh my gosh, like my father promised me this thing and he kept his promise, but, but I wasn't willing to read through the process that he gave me. I wasn't willing to read the journal that he gave to me so that I could see that he actually fulfilled that promise that he gave to me. So his son just begins to, to weep. But, but this story is just an example of how I feel sometimes in my life it's difficult for me because I've received promises that God has given to me. But so often it's easy to struggle with this idea that, that I want to accept this promise right away. I want God's word to be true like today. I don't want to wait years and years ahead of time. But it's important for us to realize that whenever we receive these promises, uh, whether it's through our father, whether it's through our, our parents or whatever it is, when we receive these promises, we must 
believe in faith that they will happen. We must believe that God will 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 pull through, that he will uh, follow this promise that he has given to us. But there's a process that comes with it. So I think that um, it may have been difficult for Jacob to see this because this promise was given to him through his parents. And uh, as I was preparing this message this week, I just really felt that um, that's something that we need to think about for a moment because uh, some of us today, you know, God has called our parents and our lives to, to certain things, you know, but some of us, maybe we're the first generation of people who are following Jesus. And there's a concept where, um, where we can kind of get stuck in this pattern of our families. We can get stuck in a pattern where maybe like your father was angry all the time and and, and, and it sort of filters down into the children. You know, maybe you struggle with anger. Maybe you struggle with, with like a temper because that's how your father may have been. Or maybe uh, maybe your parents didn't really do a, a great job of, of having a relationship together. And you find it difficult for you now that you're older to have a relationship with other people because you're guarded. Or, or maybe you're hurt by what your parents have done for you. And see, there's this, this idea where... Uh, we struggle with what our parents have done because we have seen them in our lives. We have seen what they have done, and, and it's just this cycle that we go through. But I believe that that whenever God has called us to something, you know, he can speak to you through your parents. He can speak to you through your family. But if you uh, feel like it's difficult for you to connect with your parents or your father or whoever your, your guardian may have been as you were growing up, I believe that God is the ultimate father. He is the one that can always make us new. He's always making us whole. He's always making us perfect in his eyes. And whenever we look through that lens, we can understand that God has made us who we are. God has called us to a specific plan and a specific purpose. And it doesn't matter what you have gone through. It doesn't matter uh, what your life may have been up to this point. But God is saying today that he is our father, that he is the one who has called us to new things. He is the one that is is equipping us to to serve the world for his name, to show the love of Jesus to other people for the sake of for the sake of the gospel. And whenever we hold on to that truth, when we hold on to that promise that God is our Father, that He is making us new, I believe that that our lives can begin to transform for the better. I believe that that God has promised us that our marriages can flourish because we are focusing on God and who He is, putting Him first in our marriages or our relationships, or uh, or if you're a parent that you can be a good father, that you can be a good mother to your child because God has given you the ability to do that. As you pursue God and pursue his purpose and his plan for you, I, be- I believe that he will do that. And, and if you did have a rough family life as you were growing up, I believe that we can take that, we can break off those chains that we dealt with for so long, those things that we feel like might be holding us back. Like we might not know how to be a good father because my dad wasn't a good father, but that's not the case. Whenever we pursue Jesus, whenever we trust that he has what's best in mind for us, I believe that God can change us and he can transform us to make us a father like he is. So I think that we oftentimes will get stuck in in that, that idea. Just as I said, the big idea is that we can't expect perfection all the time. I I don't want to encourage you with this because God's word says that as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our sins from us. God's word says that, that his mercies are new every single morning. So it doesn't matter what you have done from this point in your past. 
God's mercy is new for you right now. God's mercy is new for you every single moment of every day. So we can stand in that boldly knowing that God has given us the power that we need to go forward, the power that we need to move forward in our journey. We don't have to dwell in a place of of condemnation because he has already uh, lifted us up out of that. So I want to take a look real quickly and see how Jacob responds to this promise that he has been given. Um, if we read on in, uh, in chapter 27, we see this story here between uh, Jacob and his brother Esau. And so Isaac, their father, he's old. He's, he's actually like getting pretty close to his, the end of his time. And Isaac is like, hey, I want to like bless my son. And we see in Scripture that Esau was actually, Esau and Jacob were twins, but Esau came out like just a few minutes beforehand. So Jacob was technically the second born, even though that they were twins. So in this era, this time, it was common for, for the firstborn child to receive like all the inheritance, like the birthright and everything like that, to carry on the name of the family. And as we have seen, this promise that Isaac has been given, where he would be the father of many nations, this is a pretty hefty uh like, this is a hefty birthright, right? So he, he has a lot to sort of put on his shoulders. And so this is an exciting moment between these two uh, sons. So in the story, basically, we see that Esau and Jacob are, are like, you know, getting ready for their father to pass away. And, and Isaac is like, I want to bless you, Esau, because you're the firstborn. So he says, hey, go out and like hunt for me, make me this meal, and then I can, you can come back, prepare it for me. I'm going to eat it so then I can bless you. Because how many know that you got to eat something before you you start doing some ministry? <laughs> um, but food is obviously pretty important to him. So Esau goes out. He's hunting for some stuff. And then when this happens, uh, Jacob and his mother, they're like, oh, so, so Esau is gone, like getting some stuff for dad. So how about you swoop in and we'll like get you the blessing instead of Esau while he's gone. So this is what happens. And it's like this real shady thing going down. So Jacob's like, all right, we can do that. So basically what happens is Jacob goes in, his mom prepares uh, Isaac this amazing meal because like mom knows how to please dad the best, right? She knows how to cook the best meals. So she makes this good meal and then Jacob comes in and he's like, hey, I made this meal for you. Like, I'm ready for you to bless me. And he's like, I don't, I don't think you're Esau because he couldn't really see very well, but he could hear his voice was different. And he's like, no, I am. Because what actually happened was he put like these goat skins on because Esau was super hairy, which to be as hairy as a goat, like I can't even imagine that problem. But basically he, he goes in and he tries to show him that he is Esau. And uh, his dad's like, all right, well, then I guess if you're not lying to me, then I will bless you. So he begins to bless Jacob. So this blessing that Jacob has already been promised is something that he just goes in for right off the bat. See, we see that Jacob goes in and he does his own thing. He, he goes in by his own means and he goes in and he gets this blessing that is from his father instead of, instead of Esau. And what we see is this actually separates their family to a point where Esau wants to kill Jacob. When he comes home from his trip, he's like, man, I was out hunting. I prepared all this food for my father so he could bless me, and you stole it from me. So Esau is so angry that he wants to kill him. And so as they're waiting, before that happens, Jacob actually ends up leaving. He ends up fleeing. So their whole family is broken up because Jacob decides that this is how he wants to get this blessing from Jesus. He wants to get this blessing from God. And I think that 
it's so important to see how whenever we take things into our own hands, it can completely destroy different aspects of our own lives. Whenever I was in high school, I remember something that just like this. I felt that God had called me to to just great things as I was trying to figure out how to uh, what to do in my next steps before I graduated high school. And I remember I was focusing on God a lot. It was a really good time in my life where I had people in my life who were, you know, surrounding me, encouraging me to pursue Jesus at a deeper level. And then I let relationships get in my way. So instead of pursuing God and instead of focusing everything I had on him and and on the talents that I was given by God to perfect those things, like whether it was music or athletics, instead of putting more time and effort into those things or my relationships that were positive, I decided uh, to pursue a relationship with a girl that I was like, I knew that it shouldn't have been in that place. And I'm not saying that this person was like a horrible person by any means, because that's not the case. But I convinced myself that this was a good time to do this. And I knew I remember specifically, and, and I'm not saying that this is just a general statement, but, but I remember specifically standing, um, I was in, a, I was in a, like a service or something like that when I was in high school, and I remember hearing the Holy Spirit, like a, just a really small whisper like in my heart. I remember him saying like, don't do this, like just focus on me and I will get you to where you need to go. Don't let distractions of relationships and stuff get in the way. And I remember this specific thing. And I, <laughs> I remember just being like, well, I hear you, but uh, I'm not going to listen to you. Like, I, it was that blatant. And I was like, I'll just deal with it later. And so I did this and like a couple years go by. And and I, I just remember looking back on that and realizing like, what could I have done if I focused on God and what he had called me to do in that moment? What would I have done if 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 I didn't, just uh, get distracted by the things that were all around me. What, like, what could I have done? How much better could I be at, like, music? Because I would have been able to put time toward that. How much better could I have been at, like, basketball, whatever it was? And so I think that it's really important for us, instead of keeping God on the back burner like I did, instead of distracting ourselves with different things, and it might not even necessarily be a bad thing, because this wasn't, like, this horrible thing, like, it wasn't like I was deciding to just go out and start partying like crazy or like just throwing my life away. It was, you know, it didn't seem like a bad thing, but I decided like it wasn't the best thing that God had for me. And I decided to pursue that anyway. And we see that this is how Jacob responds to this. So he, he ruins this dynamic that he has with his family, this, this relationship he could have had with his brothers and his parents. So as we move forward into Genesis 28, we see what happens after all this takes place in Jacob's life. And um, I think it's really interesting how we can learn from a man who, who is not even close to having it all together. Like if we think about it, if you read throughout the Old Testament so often as God speaking to the Israelites or the leaders of the church or whatever it is in that time, so often they're like, yeah, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Like this is the Jacob we're talking about, the Jacob that screwed everything up pretty good. Like he he lied to his father so that he could have this blessing from God. He deceived him with his mother and he he turned himself away from his his brother. Like this is the dude that we're talking about. But we can see that as God redeemed him, as God redeemed his life and met him where he was, that he is now considered like one of the forefathers of our faith. So we see this in Genesis chapter 28. Um, 
I'm just going to start reading in verse 10, and you can just sort of follow along with me uh, and listen. But this is, uh, this is after Jacob flees. This is after uh, he's away for a while. And then it says this. It says, Jacob left Beersheba, and he went toward Haran. He reached a certain place and spent the night there because the sun had set. So he took one of the stones from the place. He put it there at his head and lay down in that place. And he dreamed. A stairway was set on the ground with its top reaching heaven, and God's angels were going up and down on it. The Lord was standing there beside him saying, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham, and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your offspring the land that you are now sleeping on. Your offspring will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out toward the west, the east, the north, and the south. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. He said, look, I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go. I will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised to you. So we see this guy who is like, he's not doing it right. But we see this moment where he experiences God. So whenever we see this, just the, the last point that I have for you today is that Jacob encounters God and offers him everything. We see that in verse 20, that Jacob made a vow to him and he said, if God will be with me and watch over me on this journey, if he provides me with food to eat and clothing to wear, and if I return safely to my father's house, then the Lord will be my God. The stone that I have set up as a marker will be God's house and I will give you a tenth of all that you give me. So even in this moment, Jacob experiences God's presence in a new way. He experiences it like nothing before. Basically, God gives him this vision where the heavens are open. He sees angels coming uh, to and fro from heaven to earth. He sees this awesome vision of God, and God is in that place with him. And I find it interesting that, that Jacob, a man who was deceiving his parents, that Jacob, a man who, who didn't do everything perfectly, you know, he was still in this place where he wanted to pursue God. And God met him in a place where it didn't really seem like logical. God met him where he was on this journey. God pursued him where he was. And I think that that as, as we're like stepping forward in our journey of faith, as we're moving forward with, with God and our relationship with him, or as we're just moving forward in life in general, whenever we're focusing the best that we can on God, I know that we're not going to be able to do it perfectly. I know that, that we're not always going to be, uh, like not everything is going to go exactly the way that we have planned. But I believe that God will always meet us in the place that we fall short. God will always come and he will always pursue us. It's like this picture of as we're walking toward God, like if God is over that way and this is us, we're walking toward him and we're pursuing him and, and we're never going to get to him in a perfect way. We're never going to be perfect in the pursuit of who he is and in the pursuit of the plans that he has called for us. But right in the middle here, where God is over here and where he's here, this is where the grace meets us. This is where God's grace will sort of pull us to where we need to be. Because as we're pursuing him and as we're living our lives in a way, as we're trying to get through and, and, and live a perfect life or strive for perfection or whatever it is, Whenever we're okay with, with pursuing him and, and not necessarily doing everything in the perfect way, God's grace will meet us in the middle. God's grace will pull us to that place that we need to be. 
Just like we see Jacob here, he experiences God as he's, as he's traveling away from his family. But God meets him where he is. And I think that today that we need to understand that God will meet us where we are when we fall short. Even in this moment, we see that Jacob isn't like pursuing God or, or, or uh, he's not perfect in the way that he, he believes in faith that God will be with him. Because he says, he's like, if God will be with me and watch over me, if he provides for me, then he will be my God. So it's like, even in this moment, Jacob's still not really like fully believing in faith. And I think that that's okay. Because sometimes we're not really sure if we have it all. We're not really sure if God is like uh, everything that he says he is. And it's okay. Sometimes we doubt, but it's okay to doubt as long as we believe in faith. Just a little bit of faith is all that it takes. You know, God's word says that even just the faith of a teeny little mustard seed will give you the, the power to move mountains. And I think that if we remember that, just having a little bit of faith, just a little bit of faith, I think that that's important because God can move with that even if there's a little bit of doubt there. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If you call Encounter Church Home, or if you'd like to partner with us to support the work that God is doing here, you can take advantage of our online giving option. Just go to EncounterGiving.com. Also, stay up to date with us throughout the week by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at EncounterPGH. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.